if you don't pay your property taxes, you're going to lose your property to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. All I'm going to do is look at the comparable sales on your five acre parcel for the last 12 to 18 months. I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale and I'm going to divide by four. And that's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. Are you ready to transform your life? This is a no-nonsense show helping immigrants like you create generational wealth, even while working full-time. Get ready to take notes. Here's your host, Socket Jane. Welcome back, my Great to Wealth listeners. Today, we're going to talk into the land guy. We'll tell you what that really means. There's a reason why this person is called land guy. His name is Mark Podolsky. Mark, how are you, buddy? Socket, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm actually the land geek. So There you go. The land geek guy. I think we'll add that in there. Yeah. The land yeah. geek. Yeah. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Mark, before we go into what does being a land geek mean to you and to others around you, let's actually first take a step back on this podcast. When you hear the term migrate to wealth, what does that mean to you? So I think for me, when I think of rich people, I think of people who've solved their money problems. Mm-hmm. When I think of wealthy people, I think of people who have solved their money and their time problems. And then I think to be truly wealthy is when you have a calm mind, a fit body, a house full of love, and you have the time to deepen your relationships, explore your higher purpose, and the security and the impact that money can bring. And then I think you're truly wealthy. But the other part of me thinks people who are wealthy, they're content with what they have as well. Yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of funny. I was like, you're speaking my language, man. We always talk about creating a five-dimensional human being. And the five dimensions are your mind, your body, your relations, your finances, and your impact. You could make it a 12-dimensional human being. You could pick a 30-dimensional. But we just kind of simplified it and called it five dimensions because these are important, right? Most of these things, you could, yeah. you could be a billionaire, but you may have a cancer and you may be not healthy. Exactly. What's that quote by Confucius? A healthy person wants a thousand things, but a sick person only wants one. Only wants one. It's the health. No, you're right, man. So I think all these things are very, very important. And unfortunately, when we all start out and all of us have started at different stages and different phases in life and different seasons in life, money ends up becoming the common commodity that we're all after. But very soon we realize no amount of money is going to give you Money is important, don't get me wrong, but no amount of money can give you what everything else is. If all you have is money, you're not a wealthy guy or gal. There's a yeah, lot of things missing yeah. in your life. Oh, 100%. I think there's yeah. nothing more tragic when you meet that person who has everything in life. They've got their health, they've got Correct. money, they've got security, they live in the United States. Just that alone is amazing. And then they're unhappy and they're miserable to be around. Funny story there, Mark. I had somebody, I can't remember where I met them. I think I may, they may have pinged me on LinkedIn or something. This is like a 20-year-old guy who used to work at Facebook or some of this tech company. And this guy had made $28 million, basically a million dollars for, I think somewhere around that number, I could be off by a million here or there. And he pinged me, he's like, Target, I need some help. I'm like, what's going on? I used to work at Airbnb at that time. He's like, I have a lot of money, I don't know what to do with it. I'm so unhappy. I just want to die. That was the exact words and that stick by me. And of course, the conversation went in a great direction and we were able to kind of shift a few things around for him. But when I start thinking about it, 28 years old, making $28 million, that's somebody's dream. And most people in their life can't even get to that number. 
or they can't even dream about that number forget about get to that number they don't even think that big i remember my first time was can i make 100k that was my goal of course since then the goal has gone up and up and up that is the challenge with only focusing on money he just felt there was a void in his life that he couldn't fulfill and that was creating depression for him he didn't have a relationship he didn't have the best of the health he was not in the best state of mind and all of this thing that's why we're talking about what we're talking about and i love what you said about wealth it's holistic it's not just about money no 100% i couldn't agree more yeah so mark what is your story about migrating how did you migrate into wealth or were you always wealthy so, no no i mean i think by my definition of wealth i'm still a work in progress yeah. but i've definitely solved my money and time problems but that being said i'm still deepening relationships i'm still working on impact and purpose and certainly the idea of a clear mind a calm mind is for me a daily struggle especially as you go through life and you step back and you get that stuck in that me 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 i think there's a right. great tony robbins quote the definition of depression is too much thinking about yourself Correct. right so when you start thinking about others and helping others you feel much better and so right. i think having that that calm mind is really critical but for me the way that i solved my money and time problems was i was an investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions and i hated it i had a 45 but i didn't know you were an i banker i had no idea you were an i banker wow yeah yeah this is 2000 and yeah. i was at a micromanage and i had a 45 minute commute to work and back and it got so bad for me I wouldn't get like the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around I get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to get to work at Monday. Yeah. My firm hires this guy he's telling me that it's a side hustle. He's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar. He's uh -huh. flipping them online. He's making a 300% return on his investment. And I'm looking at companies all day long and a great company, great. Has 15% yeah. EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Average company's 10%. I'm looking at companies all day long less than 10%. So of course I don't believe him. So I've got 3 grand saved up for car repairs. I go to a tax deed auction in Mexico with him. Mm -hmm. I buy up 10 half acre parcels and average price of $300 each. I flip them online and they all sell for an average price of $1200 each. It worked. So it worked. I took all that yeah. money. Yeah. I went to another auction in Arizona which is where I live. And again this is 2000 there's no one in the room. And right. I'm buying up lots and acreage for nothing. and i sold all that land and made over $90,000 cash so wow. i go to my wife and she's pregnant at the time i said honey i'm going to quit my job become a full-time land investor and she said absolutely not so said, oh, perfect okay. timing perfect timing yeah. man perfect timing yeah 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 so it took 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income and then i right. quit i've been doing it full-time ever since i've done over 6,000 transactions and growing i absolutely love it that's why they call you land geek now it's all clear it's all clear so mark let's actually that there's a lot there's a lot in there let's try to unpack that right so what was going through your head because until you ask yourself the right question the answers are not going to come that person showed up in your life that was great but that person showed up in your life at that time because you were probably trying to look for something you mentioned you hated your life not hated your life in a negative way that you didn't like what you were doing because of all the work right. environment. So why did land spoke to you so much instead of 
you know, the traditional advice of buying rental properties and having $200, $300 per month of cash flow, multiplying it, replicating it, going bigger on that, then eventually you'll realize that's not for you. You'll move into multifamily. Heard that script time and time and time. Or the wholesaling model. So what drew you? It can't just be the numbers. There must be something else. Maybe it is just numbers. And if it is, that's fine. It probably is something else in the land piece that spoke to you more than just the multiples. Yeah. So for me, land really fit my DNA in the sense that there's nothing to maintain, nothing Mm, to protect, nothing to destroy. It lasts forever. And I can walk you through my model, but basically I can make a cash flow like a rental home, but I don't have to deal with a renter or a rehab or renovation yeah. rodents. And yeah. for me to be able to create systems and processes and geek out on it, so I could build this passive income machine that can operate without me was really, really interesting to me. Yeah. It's interesting what you said now versus what you were doing back then in 2000s, because in 2000s, it seemed like you were flipping, like you were buying something for $300, you would turn around and sell it for 3000 and whatever the number ends up being. Right. The gross number was not important, but the transaction type. But now what you just said, and if I understood you correctly, you have turned that model around and instead of just making a one-time 10x, 20x, 30x, 100x return, you have now turned that into a stream of cash flow. Did I understand you correctly? You absolutely did. And so really the cash in the beginning just solved my time problems. I'm sorry, yeah. just solved my money problems. Money like problems. great, but it didn't solve my time problems. And so the cash flow solves my... And why did it not solve? Let's go deeper into that because that's an important point. And I think I know the answer. I don't know what your answer, but I know my answer. Why did the cash up front didn't solve your time problem? Because I created another job for myself because yeah. I sold the piece of property and now I got to go hustle and find another piece of right. property to sell. Right. And it was just a transaction. Yeah. So I think it's kind of interesting you said that. And the reason I wanted to harp on that was I had a friend who called me yesterday. He was saying that I can build new homes and I can give you way more multiple than you're getting on your other deals. Would you partner with me? I'm like, who's going to run these things? What's going to happen? I'm like the amount of time and everything else. Because for me, I'm a lazy guy and I have no problem accepting it. I want to do the least amount of work and get the most amount of returns. So I'm like, okay, that model just seems you're going to put a lot of time and effort into putting these houses into shape. Yeah, your 500K may turn into $2 million, but the $2 million is a lot of sweat, blood, and tears that went into that. Do I really want to do that? And I didn't say that to him. I'm like, do I really want to do that? Because now I'm finding myself a job. It's not about creating more and more and more money. It's about doing it in a way that gives you the freedom of life and choices that I want to make. I want to be able to pack my bags and travel to Japan if I wanted to. If I have a project like that and 10 projects like that, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm stuck. So I'm like, that's an interesting point. And to that point, I think it's very important for folks. The key theme I was going to draw from there was it's important for folks to understand their own personal investment philosophy. Not my approach, not Mark's approach is going to work for everyone. Mark designed the business model to suit his lifestyle. I'm designing my business model to suit my lifestyle. And Mark and my lifestyle has a lot of commonalities, which is we're only after time, right? How can I get more and more of my time back? You may have to work hard in the beginning, but eventually, once the systems and structures are set up, you will be able to take yourself out of the picture. 
and hopefully it, the machinery is running by itself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's so because I wrote a book called Dirt Rich, how yeah. one ambitiously lazy geek you know, <laughs> created cash flow. And so I do consider myself ambitiously lazy. So what you said really resonated with me because I can always make more money, but I can't yeah. get more time. You cannot. And so yeah. literally, I'll do anything that will save me time. I and mean, right now, to get geeky, I, I love ChatGPT. It's saving oh, time. I love that. But even looking for a parking spot, if there's valet, I'll valet. Yeah, I'm with you. Just I'm with part. you. Yeah. It's a very different way of thinking, right? I think valet, somebody could say, why would you spend $15 when you can spend $10 and park yourself? Yes, you're right, 100%. But the amount of that five extra dollars can save you in terms of your time. And maybe you can right. spend time meeting with somebody else and making that money, the extra dollar, or just sleeping or just relaxing. You just have to kind of figure it out. And of course, you have to have that resources. If you only have $15 in your savings account, we're not saying go blow it up to go buy a valet parking. Right. That's no, not yeah, the messaging. No. no, 100%. You've got to get to a point where Correct. you've solved your money problems and then you can shift to solving yeah. time problems. I have a friend who is very young, like uh, mid-20s. He's like, I just love traveling in business class and first class. So we were having a conversation. He's like, yeah, I just put it on credit card. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what to say, but that's fine. I'm like, I hope you know, of course, I didn't say that to him. I hope you know what you're doing. I don't know your finances, so I'm not even going to go there. But it may not be the right solution. But once you get to a point, that's where I think the money comes into play, right? If you have that, right. money gives you an option to valet. doesn't mean you should go to valet. It gives you that option so that you can now gain that 20, 30 minutes out of your life to do something else. That's where your focus is, I believe. Yeah, I mean, money compounds, time compounds, relationships compound. So anywhere we can compound and get more yeah. of those things, invest in it. So Mark, let's solve people's money problem then, man. Let's figure out your business model. Let's crack it. More people, more money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll use you as a case study. Where do you live? Let's do it. I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay, beautiful place. So I'm going to assume you own five acres of raw sure. land where I live in Arizona. Love, and you owe $200 in back taxes. So you're advertising two important things to me. Number one, you have no emotional attachment to the raw land. Mm -hmm. You're in North Carolina, properties in Arizona. And number two, you're financially distressed in some weird way. Sure. Because you haven't paid your property taxes. Yeah. And we don't pay for things like our property taxes. We don't value them in the same way. And sure. as a result, the county treasurer keeps sending you notices saying, Socket, if you don't pay your property taxes, you're going to lose your property to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. Mm -hmm. So all I'm going to do is look at the comparable sales on your five-acre parcel for the last 12 to 18 months. I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale. Let's say mm -hmm. it's $10,000. And I'm going to divide by four. And that's going to get me what Warren Buffett would call a 300% margin of safety. So I'll send you an actual offer of $2,500 on your five-acre parcel. Mm. Now, you accept it. Why? Because for you, $2,500 is better than nothing. In reality, 3 to 5% of people will accept my quote-unquote top-dollar offer. But now that you've accepted it, I have to go through due diligence or in-depth research. I have to confirm you still own the property. I have mm -hmm. to make sure back taxes are only $200. I want right. to make sure there's been no breaks in the chain of title no liens or encumbrances, this whole property checklist, I outsource to my team in Jamaica. It costs about $11. And at the same time, I'm getting pictures and plat maps and aerial maps and satellite maps. 
because I'm creating my marketing package for the next buyer as I'm doing due diligence. So we'll assume everything checks out. I buy the property from you for $2,500. I own it free and clear. And because I give you 2,300 to give the treasure 200. And now I'm going to make it cash flow. So I have a built-in best buyer and I'm going to sell it in 30 days or less. So do you know who my best buyer is? No. The neighbors. So I'll send out neighbor ah, letters. Huh. Say, Here's yeah, they want to build, they want to grow it. Yeah. Yeah. Protect your privacy, protect your views, know your neighbor. Right. So oftentimes right. the neighbors will buy. If they pass, I'll go to my buyer's list. My mm-hmm. buyer's list passes. I'll go to a website you may have heard of. It's called Craigslist. It's the 15th most trafficked website in the United yeah. States. Yeah. I'll go to one I know you've heard of called Meta or Facebook, yeah. the buy, right. sell groups, the marketplace. And then yeah. I'll go to lands. Landmoto.com, landfarm.com, landsofamerica.com, landflip.com, landhub.com. These are places where people buy and sell raw land. But mm-hmm. the secret is in my pricing. I'll make it irresistible. So all I'm going to ask for is a $2,500 down payment for my buyer to control that five-acre parcel. And then I'll ask for a car payment. Let's say one ninety-seven a month and 9% interest for the next 84 months. So I got right. this one-time sale. I'm getting... $197 a month and 9% interest for the next 84 months. And again, I don't have to deal with any renters, rehabs, renovations, yeah. or rodents. And so it's a simple game. Can I create enough land notes where my passive income exceeds my fixed expenses? And now I'm working because I want to, not because I have to. I love that. Let me break it down. You said you were very, I understood all of that stuff because I know you and I have connected before. Yeah. Let me break it down. Let me actually dump it down to K through 12, even more than what you did for me. So we're basically now saying is, I think you're attacking multiple problems here. So from the seller side, I actually didn't even think about selling. I just thought about if the property gets acquired by a tax deed or tax lien sale, that's fine. I'm fine with it because I don't even care about the land anymore. I can pay the taxes or I don't want to pay taxes, one or the other. So you solved my that problem and I actually made money on it. Yeah, I didn't make boatload of money if I went to the retail market. But the reason I was not able to sell it before is either, again, I was not aware of the retail market or it was going to be too much of an effort and I didn't want to do it, right? Period. Exactly. So that's where the motivation for the seller is coming from. You sold the land to someone like you and it's cash at that point. You either had your own money or your friends pulled in. However, you got that $2,500. You now own that land free and clear without any back over taxes. You could have continued owning that land, but that's not your business model. Your business model now is like, who can I sell it to? And the reason for that is you want to sell it to you so you can get your capital, your $2,500 back. That's the first motivation. And on top of it, you can create a cash flow stream. So now your motivation there is you have $0 invested in the deal and you have continuous flow of income for a certain amount of period. And if somebody defaults, you can always possess that land back. You actually want people to default. You don't want them to pay. Because in that way, you can acquire that land back again and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat for the same property. Now, the thing with there is that one thing about the buyer characteristic, which I think you intuitively talked about, you intuitively know, but I want to be more explicit about is people don't buy land because most people think they can get a loan on land, right? They can't get a loan on land, right. So now what you are also solving is their problem of acquiring the land with an inbuilt loan structure as long as they can qualify and everything else, I'm pretty sure there's some level of due diligence we do on them. But if we're able to now- No credit checks, because to your point, if they do default, they've lowered my take cost back. basis. Yeah. I take it back. I use a land contract, so there's no cost of foreclosure. Perfect. And I just do it again. 
Yeah. So I think that's where I think the key of this whole thing is that you're trying to find the buyers who want to pay you $2,500, $3,000, whatever your down payment is. Of course, you're not trying to make a multiple on that. You're trying to make just enough plus the cost of the transaction and everything so you can cover that, cover your initial capital, and then so you get it back. Now, I think the key there is how do you structure these contracts? You hit the nail on the head, the next part is because there's people to go from owning everything free and clear to now owning a mortgage because that's what you're owning. You're owning a loan. You're holding a note now. Most people may not be comfortable with owning a loan owning a note. Can you help us understand how did you get to that point where you, instead of flipping, you became a note holder? Yeah. So for me to solve the time problem and get that cash flow, I went to a lawyer and I said, how do I do this? Mm. And he said, okay, you need three documents. You need a purchase sale agreement. You need a land sale contract and a promissory note. Got it. And you just have your borrower sign all three. And now we've got it. It's automated. So what used to take me 20 minutes in paperwork takes a second. And then Love I created it. a software called geekpay.io. It's a set mm-hmm. and forget it payment system. So it draws out automatically via their checkbook or their ACH. I get that monthly payment. It does the reporting. It does notifications. Love it. And it just automates the entire process because as we talked about, you can always make more money, can't get yeah. more time. You truly are a lazy, smart guy. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think this is where the power is, right? This is how you want to think about when you're trying to gain time. You could have spent that 20 minutes on every single transaction, but that compounds. Eventually, that 20 minutes is something else you're not doing. Either you're not spending time with your kids or you're not looking at another land or another investment opportunity. You're taking that time away. The 20 minutes times 10 is 2,000 minutes or 200 minutes. That's a lot of time, right? 90% of my business automated with inexpensive virtual assistants, yeah. And software. So tell us about the concept you just talked about, Jamaica. How do you run due diligence with a team sitting in Jamaica? What does that look they like? They are connected. They're connected to an American title company. Hmm. And that's it. Again, it's just using software to handle that piece of it. Now, if it's $5,000 or more, I won't take title risk. I will close traditionally through a title company or sure. in abstractors to save a little bit of money. So what's the difference between closing with a title company and without a company? I didn't think you could close without a title company. Can you? Yeah, absolutely you can. I mean, you're just essentially doing your due diligence and you're sending the buyer a check where if you're using a title company, the title company will do your due diligence for you. They'll Got run it. title. Got it. And then they'll handle the money exchange as well. So Correct. And there's yeah, some fee involved, right? Of course, you're saving that money as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the way I'll do it is I'll have my seller deed me over the property. And then once the deed gets recorded, I'll send them the check. Got it, got it. So there's no escrow or anything that gets created, correct? If we have somebody who's a little bit skittish about it, then we'll do a de facto escrow and we'll have the notary public go out and meet them at like a Starbucks or McDonald's. And then they'll handle the transaction for us. Got it. So I know you started in 2000. Since then, the real estate has gone crazy. So has the land. Are you still doing the same business model? Have you shifted from it? Is it still working? Has the return shifted? Tell us more about what's happening now. The market is still the same. It's still inefficient. And the prices because of inflation have definitely gone up from when I've started. But relatively speaking, I mean, our margins have remained steady. 
which is unbelievable to me. I remember thinking as an investment banker, these margins are unsustainable. Correct. Big money will come into the market and we'll get a 30% gross margin on this business. We're still making 800 to 1200% on our terms deals because of time value of money. And so oh, wow. that's amazing. As software has gotten better, our systems or processes have improved. So our mm-hmm. costs have actually gone down. We're able to tap global talent as well. So yeah. our team's costs have also gone down and have, have gotten better mm-hmm. as well. And then we help everybody along the spectrum. So we teach people how to do this and we help rich people become wealthy and we'll do it for them as well. Got it. So I was going to ask that next question. So let's say I'm an average Joe here and I want to make $10,000 a month in passive income through land right. investing, through your system. What does that look like? How much money? And we're doing mental math at this point. And if you have the mental model of this already, I'd be, I'd be amazed. Then you're a true land geek. But if not, we're going to make up some notional numbers here. So if I were to make it $10,000 a month, first of all, how much invested capital do I need? And how long will it take? And I'm not a billionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I make two, 300K a year. So it's not an average year, but definitely our audience is in that income group right now, but they want to make 10,000 and then 10,000 will become eventually 20,000. And then they can hopefully leave their jobs and kind of do what we're all doing is in doing what we love. Yeah. What's so the path to get there? Yeah. I think for every hundred thousand of capital invested into raw land, it'll throw off $10,000 a month in passive income. And then depending on your skill set, you can budget 12 to 36 months. Wait, let's repeat that one more time. So for every $100,000 in invested capital, you can generate $10,000 a month. Let me repeat it one more time, because if somebody said that they don't have the money to invest and they think they need a million dollars a year to invest to create that passive income, all Mark is saying, it's not even my words, this is a land geek guy. He's saying that if you have $100,000 to invest, we could create a cash flow stream of about $10,000 a month, right? The, my audience, most of you have $100,000. You have $100,000 in your 401ks, in your IRAs, in your Roth accounts, in your, even if you don't think you have it in cash, there is a way to tap into that. So Mark, if this is set, I have no reason to doubt you, but I'm going to doubt you. If that is so simple, why aren't more people doing it? Well, I think number one, you couldn't think of a more boring real estate niche. So if you went to a real estate investment association meeting and there's a hundred people in that meeting, 99 of them will be house flippers, landlords, and wholesalers. Mm -hmm. You and I would be only land guys there. HGTV, the DIY network, it's boring. The before pictures raw land, the after pictures raw land. So I think as far as people even just thinking about it, if it's their daily awareness, it's not an interesting model to them. And when you think about it, also, everyone can get behind the fact that everyone needs a place to live. Correct. But nobody needs a piece of raw land. And so even though 99% of what we have in our lives, we don't need, it's also something that's not in the awareness of most people. So you have a very small niche. It's also unsexy in the sense that if I'm listening to this and I can make millions of dollars in multifamily, for example, Sure. Well, I'm not getting excited about a bunch of land notes at $200 a month or $300 a month as well. So it's sort of this Goldilocks niche where too much money is a problem. You know, if I'm a billionaire, I got to buy farmland and make 8%. 
my sure. timberland and make my 8%. If I'm a private equity group or a hedge fund, it's the niche is not going to be interesting to me as well. But if I don't have enough money, it could be a problem as well. My average client probably starts with about $5,000 and builds from there. Wow. How soon can you turn that 100K? When I say you as a general person who wants to follow your model, how soon can they turn that $100,000 into $10,000 a month? Yeah, it's going to depend on them and their just how well they catch the model. There's a lot of moving parts, but I'd say 12 to 36 months. Which is not that much time. It's like one to two years, one to three years, it will be saying. And you can do it on the side, can you? Or do you have to do this full time yeah. to turn that capital into cash flow? No, it's definitely a great side hustle. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that, that are happening. So how does one learn this thing, Mark? I know you said you teach people and you also teach people to be active in this business. And you also work with people. If they have the capital, they can just give it to you and you can do it for them. How does the model look like? Yeah. So we'll teach people who are looking to do it and they can just go to thelandgeek.com and they could certainly start with the book Dirt Rich as well and start there and just kind of see, does this model even resonate with them? Yeah. And then I would say if you're an accredited investor, just contact me and we can talk about it. Got it. Okay, perfect. And uh, Mark, I don't think you're slowing down on this land geek thing because it seems like the model is working yeah. good and the market's not. Do you see any shift in the market coming up in the next four or five years? Or do you see right now this staying put? Are there anything that's worrying you as a headwind? Our model is pretty interesting in the sense that we have no debt. So interest rates can do whatever they want. We don't yeah. really care. I think what really impacts our model the most is high unemployment. Because what's mm. going to happen in high unemployment is that people are going to default on their notes at Correct. a higher rate, which Correct. for us isn't going to be a big problem because now it's going to be easier on our deal flow side to buy more inexpensive right. land, but it's going to be more difficult to sell it and get it cash yeah. flowing. So yeah. in 2010, when I really got hit, I mean, 50% of my note portfolio went away. So mm. I was profitable as a company. But if you're not budgeting for these sort of black swan events, so yeah. for example, I and I talk about this in my book, I had Parkinson's law of money. The more money I made, the more money I spent. Of I course. don't do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. That's an interesting risk profile. You want to understand that, right? So let's say you're making $120,000 at your work right now, and you're able to create a $10,000 of cash flow income through this note investing. Just look, and Mark, I'm extrapolating that. Don't quit your job because that money is not yours yet. You need to create maybe 20, maybe 30, maybe 40K in income stream to make sure you give yourself that cushion, right? Because you a portion of your properties, your lands may default, may. Hopefully not, nothing happens, but there's always a possibility and you want to account for that possibility that you can't treat that as your lifestyle money yet until you balance your portfolio. So you have to make sure you give yourself that cushion that if something were to happen, that you can absorb that shock because shocks, you may not be able to anticipate those shocks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Mark, we can talk at length, man. I, I love this thing. I think you got me started on this journey for land investing and researching that over back in March or April when we talked. I loved having it. The more I learned about it, I'm like, I need to get this guy back. And this time I need to get him back on the show so that we can hear, we can share the insights that you have with our audience. I want to respect for your time. We're coming towards the end of our show. We always end this show with two last questions. One is going to be, 
knowing what you know now, you've done an exciting career, you have been able to create a lot of wealth uh, in all terms, money, time, relationships, etc. in your life. When you look back at your 20-year-old self, what key insight would you give that person and others 20-year-olds around us so their migration to wealth becomes more intentional and more accelerated? Yeah, I mean, I really think everything starts with your mind and getting your mind right. And for me, what's been incredibly helpful is meditating. So mm-hmm. I meditate every day. And if I had started when I was 20, I yeah. can only imagine how much calmer I could be to Correct. just watch the thoughts and observe the thoughts instead of being attached to the thoughts. Right. And it'd be almost like living a double lifetime where most of my life I've been lost in thought. And so to have that superpower, it's my 20-year-old self would be so much happier. Yeah, no, you're right. And you'll be happier faster, which is very important, very important. Mark, the next question, we're going to take one level up on there, man. Where do you feel the humanity as a whole should migrate towards in the next few years? I mean, this is going to sound really squishy. Yeah, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. There's a guy named, I think it's Ostasaki. He's got a weird last name. He started Zen Hospice in San Francisco. Have you heard of this guy? I have not. No, this is the first time I'm hearing that. I'll definitely look him up. No, I don't know this person. Anyways, he wrote a book. But basically, what he would do is he would spend years of his life sitting with people at the end of their life, holding mm-hmm. their hand. He was there for people at the end of life. And a lot of people, they didn't have friends, they didn't have family, they were elderly. And he was that person to sit with them as they died. And he said something that was very profound to me. He said, when people are on their deathbed, they only have two questions. Did I love and was I loved? And I think Mm. so really as we evolve and humanity evolves, I really think that next level of just deepening our love for ourselves, for each other, will have a ripple effect and affect every area of our lives, which will include being able to solve our money problems yeah. and our time problems. Yeah. Man, that's such a profound answer, Mark. And then you, you said a lot on that. I think I would definitely invite people to, if you didn't catch that, it's very insightful because I know we're not talking about morbidity, not death. I think it's just more what's important. And when you're at on your deathbed, you know no amount of money is going to make you happy at that point. So you're really reflecting on your life, right? And am I loved and did I love? two key concepts. If we can all live our life with that, two of these statements, I think would be changed people, all of us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your priorities would certainly, would I chase that next deal or would I spend more time with my spouse, my children, my best friend, would I make that extra call? Yeah, I've been meaning to make, would I say the things that I need to say to the people in my life? I'm so glad you left investment banking. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I have a lot of my bankers. They don't talk like this, man. They talk about numbers. But thank you, Mark. This was, again, a very insightful conversation. I think you threw a lot of good nuggets. And I would invite people to go back if they didn't catch it. 100K could be turned into $10,000 per month for a lot of you. That may be a game changer. If not, it can change your life. It could be the extra money for your kids' private education if that's what you wanted to, right? It's an extra source of revenue that you're turning, you're creating more life out of that 100K or 200K or your 300K, right? And then it becomes an addiction. And once you've figured that model out, 
this model could be replicated and scaled. Only, I think sky is the limit at that point. Mark's still doing it. So I have the reason to believe that there's still hope in there. Mark, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, buddy, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about the amazing work you do? Yeah, I think the best place to go is thelandgeek.com. And if they want to get the book for free, I should have a link I could give you. Yeah, but send me the link. Yeah, I'll send you the link. Yeah, we'll include that in show notes below, man. That's perfect. Yeah. Mark, again, thank you for all your time and all your insights. I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate it. No, now you know, look, I'm like you. I'm not that busy. <laughs> you're busy, <laughs> but you're not busy. <laughs> I'm busy, right. You can I'm, make time for things that you want to make time for. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm doing the things I want to do with my life, and I'm busy doing that. Correct, correct. Well, thanks again, Mark. We'll have you back again. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. If you got value from this episode, you might consider sharing this content with a friend. But most importantly, be sure to take action on what you've learned. One way you can take the next step is to connect directly with Socket on an investor call. That link is waiting for you in the show notes below. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please consult your own advisors when making any investment decisions. Keep listening. We'll see you on the next episode.